Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season eight, episode 16 of Seventh Heaven. The title is The Anniversary. The IMDb user synopsis is Matt and Ruthie get together to share a special anniversary date for something they share, but Matt does not want others to know he is in town. Martin takes Cecilia on a date. Vic wants to spend time with Paris because he wants to propose. What was your first impression? Um, so... This seemed more like Back to Basics. There was more of a... Or it felt like it was more of... It's more centered around the Camdens and other people. I mean, obviously Paris and Vic and... Chandler and Martin and Cecilia and Peter. I was contemplating like the other names for this. Like this podcast is no longer Camden Cast because Seventh Heaven is no longer about the Camden. So it's like, what is it? Like yeah, what? Petrowski Cast, <laughs> no. Brewer Cast, Glen Oak Cast. Cast. I don't know. Write in with your suggestions for what we should now call the Camden Cast. We're not going to change our name. No, we're not. We're, we're in too deep. We're eight, almost nine seasons deep in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing that we found out about this episode was that it, like, I think for the past few years, we've had a Valentine's Day episode every season. Um, but this is the first time that we haven't, except this might as well have been. It's very, like, date and romance related. And, um, and Aaron was saying before we recorded that uh, Matt and Sarah got married on Valentine's Day. Before. And this is called the anniversary because yeah. of their anniversary, like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I guess we can jump into it, if that's all you've got. All right, I forget what... Oh, the cold open starts with Peter and Vic on a pizza date at Pete's Pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, Vic bounces, and I, like, Peter's going on and on about school and how he thinks he's going to, like, get a good grade on this project or whatever, and at the end of Peter speaking, he's like, so what do you think? And Vic totally hasn't been listening, and he's like, I think I want to take your mother out on a date what do you think about that? And Peter was like, you just have to promise not to hurt her. So um, that is like the agreement. And then he's like, you can take her out if you promise not to hurt her again. Um, Oh, just a quick side note. This episode was directed by Deborah Raffin, who ordinarily plays Aunt Julie, but Aunt Julie was not in this episode. Um, This is also the second episode that she's directed. directed. Um, so the other part of this cold open is that, um, Matt and Ruthie are on the phone with each other. We see Matt in the back of a car of some sort, and Ruthie is trying to, like, get Matt to understand that a very important date is coming up. And so he's like, I can't really talk right now because I'm busy and I can't look at a calendar. And Ruthie's like, why not? And he's like, well, because I'm on the way to the airport to come see you. Uh, so we gather that whatever the important date is has to do with Ruthie somehow. Um, obviously we've just told you it's their anniversary. So why is Matt celebrating his anniversary with Ruthie and not his wife? Because they're obviously divorced by now. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Um, so that's the cold open. We're going to start with, uh... Vic Paris Peter. Yeah, that storyline. Vic cast. Vic, <laughs> Petrowski cast. Petrowski cast. Petrow. Petro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, so that the next scene we get with Peter is he's at home and Paris is making pancakes, um, which made me want pancakes. Um, again. Again, because once before Paris made pancakes and then that evening I made myself pancakes for dinner. Anyway, um, and Peter's like, oh, you know what is really great about my dad? He makes great pancakes. And Paris is like, how do you know that? 
when he comes, he stays in a motel. And basically, Peter is just talking up Vic to try to get Paris to want to give Vic a chance, because at this point, Vic hasn't asked Paris out yet. Um, by the end of him trying to be like, Vic makes good pancakes, Vic does... Fix things, I fix Vic it. is good at fixing things, Vic is super helpful to the world. Um, and Paris is like, what is up? Because, like... This is weird. Um, this is not the Vic I know. So Peter gives up the goat. What does that actually saying mean? I don't know. But Peter gives up the secret, and he's like, well, Vic is going to ask you on a date. Um, we have another scene with Paris basically being like, I don't want you to expect anything from this. Like, you can't be happy based on, like, th- like don't expect, like, your mom and dad to be under the same roof. But basically, she agrees to this date. Um, or it's not a date, it's just dinner. Um, she, there's like a scene here between Paris and Chandler as well, where she's trying to go to the Rev for advice, but the Rev's not there, so she she goes to her ex-boyfriend, the associate pastor, for advice, and Chandler's like, uh, I think you should, I think he was asked, he wasn't, he wasn't asking Peter for, to get, like, an answer to, uh, through Paris, but he was asking Peter because he wanted to get Peter's temperature yeah about. on the feeling yeah on, on what basically what peter felt about um vic possibly getting together with paris uh so she says yes and um this all and it's all like okay whatever they're gonna go to the dinner together this kind of all goes awry when uh, or ari a-w-r-y ari right ari yeah ari, yeah ari. <laughs> i was like who's named ari in this episode <laughs> um when paris sees that uh Vic is shopping at a jewelry store, and he's specifically looking at rings. So she's under the impression that Vic is going to ask her to marry him, um, which I just want to say is kind of out of the blue, is it not? <laughs> right. She, she, they, like, he's like, I want to take you on one date, and we jumped from, like, he, he got one date, and he's, like, look, shopping for rings. Um, and I think Paris suspected this all along, because she said that to Chandler, and Chandler was like, I don't know, I think he was just trying to gauge Peter's thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, then she says it again later in the ep- like in the episode. She's like, oh, you just took me. Well, anyway, so th- cut to Paris getting ready for the date. Now, this is another weird thing that Chandler came over to help with, picking Paris's outfit, because Paris has, no- like, not that a female friend needs to do this, but, like, it's weird to have your ex-boyfriend doing it. Especially Maybe, like, Peter could have been, like, you look good, you yeah. look bad. Like, that's not as strange, like, you know, having Chandler come over to the house to help you get ready for your date when it's your ex-boyfriend. Especially because they have not established the fact that Paris and Chandler are friends. Or even broken up. Like, I missed their breakup. Vic just <laughs> showed up, and Chandler gave up. He was like, well, I'm not even going to talk to her anymore. Like, they haven't established that, oh, they're ex... They're, like, they dated before, but they're really good friends now, so that's why this is okay. Well... It sort of was established when Paris said she wanted to talk to Chandler because he was like, oh, I'm your associate pastor as well. He's like, I'm not just your ex-boyfriend. I'm also this source of guiding light. Yeah, but come on. Like, he says this in himself in the episode. Uh, yeah, it, it sure is weird. You're inviting your ex... My, I'm the ex-boyfriend and my ex-girlfriend's going on a date with her ex-husband and yeah. I'm helping you pick out your clothes. Um, so they get down and they get downstairs after Paris gets ready and we have another awkward scene between the four of them. So we have Vic, Peter, um, Paris and Chandler and Chandler 
is acting kind of strange, like... Like he's about to, like, Paris turns... He's holding Paris's coat, or someone... Yeah. Basically, he, like, holds up Paris's coat like he's going to put it on her, and then Vic is like, whoa, that's my job now. Um, so, yeah, Chandler and Peter then decide to hang out and go get pizza, which you mentioned was weird. Yeah, I mean, I got it when he was dating his mother, but now he's not dating... Peter's mother, so it's like, why... Are you hanging out with this child? Yeah, it's why are you hanging out with, like, a 13-year-old boy? So, the dinner happens, and they seem to be having a relatively normal time, um, and finally Paris is like, look, I saw you at the jewelry store looking at rings, uh, I know you're here to ask me to marry you, and that's ridiculous, you don't even know me, da-da-da-da, and Vic says, uh, no, that's not what it was, like, you're jumping to conclusions, I was just looking for a gift, because, you know, like, you are letting me be part of your life, and be part of Peter's life, and also because it's the anniversary of when I decided to get sober. Right. Uh, it's, like, I think the three-year anniversary or something? <laughs> Correct. Um, except, as soon as Paris leaves to wash the quote-unquote egg off her face. Real quick, I just want to say, Paris gets up and she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and when we come back, we're going to order dessert. Um, she leaves and the waitress comes over and uh, she asks if everything's okay and Vic is like, we're going to take the check. And I would be really upset if this happened to me yeah. because Paris clearly expressed the desire to have dessert and um that desire was ignored vic, yeah vic just maybe this is why they'll never get back together <laughs> because of the dessert because of dessert um so anyway um what we see vic sits pulls out uh, a ring from his um jacket and we see that his actual true intention was to um ask paris to marry him um which again went from 0 to like 150. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it really did. Like, first he was like, I don't even know if she'll go on a date with me. Then he got, like, he got one date, and yeah. he's like, oh, it's back on. Yeah. Um, so this episode ends with, kind of, I guess, what's meant to be a poignant scene where, and I feel like I've seen this a lot, actually, in uh, shows where there's an alcoholic in the show where you have the alcoholic. Dramatic, yeah, yeah. Where you have the alcoholic at a bar, and he, he or she orders a drink, and they kind of just stare at the drink, and it's supposed to be, as you said, like, symbolic of the fact that, like... They're on the edge. Like, will they or won't they ruin their sobriety for this one... Like, th is this their weak moment? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, that happens, and Paris basically finds him. She's apparently been going to a bunch of bars trying to look for him, and we find out that basically the reason that he wanted to ask her to marry him was like kind of as a placeholder, which is really strange. He was concerned about Chandler's present presence in her life, and he thought, like, while I get my life together, I don't want you to be swept away by somebody else. Um, so I was trying to just, I guess, weirdly stake my claim, which is just strange. Um, and Paris is like, look, you know, you can't base your happiness or your recovery on me or a potential relationship with me. It has to be all about you. And he basically, he asks her to keep the door open, and she says she will keep the door unlocked. And they kiss. Yes, very important. Um, so uh, we didn't mention this in the, last, in the last few episodes, but we have been talking about it off 
the record. Because this is the record. This is the record. <laughs> um, this is the memorialization of our, anything, our thoughts of Seventh Heaven. So. Um, about uh, your thoughts specifically on divorcees on, in media we did. getting back together. I think when Vic first came back and Peter had that little, like, glimmer in his eye of, yeah. like, maybe it'll happen for my parents. Um, we did discuss this, and I think it's unrealistic, and this happens a lot in TV and film, and it's just, like, these people broke up for a reason. Let it be, and let everyone move on in the way that they need to move on, however yeah. they feel that they need to do that. Yeah, there's no need to force them back together. There's no need to make this some sort of, like, happily ever after. Just let, yeah, you're right. Let divorced people be divorced. It happens. Yeah. It, it's, you know, so... Whatever. Um, so that's that storyline. Uh, we, I guess, like, Seventh Heaven is really moving in on, like, the presence of Vic and Paris and Peter um, on the show. They're, I feel like in the last three or four episodes, well, four or five episodes, we've, have, we've had a storyline for each of them or in that, like, with them, like, being main characters, so. Yeah. I wonder why no one, none of, none of the three of them are in the main cast. Like on as like series regulars, I don't know. You know, like on the um, opening in the opening credits. Yeah, um, Peter is. Is Peter? Is? I believe Peter oh, is. Peter is. Yeah, he is. Oh, that makes sense then. I have no. I. Yeah. I would like to retract my former statement, please. Um. So the next storyline is a very tiny one, and uh, it's kind. Of, I feel like it's placed there because it's supposed to be a very romance-driven episode, but like doesn't really fit within the grander scheme of things. Um, basically, Cecilia runs into uh, two of Martin's baseball friend, uh, baseball mates. Buds. Um, one of which is Mac, and she was told by Martin that he was hanging out with them all day, but he isn't, so he's doing something very secretive, and Cecilia is upset. Uh, we later meet up with Cecilia and Martin, where Cecilia is demanding to know where Martin was, and Martin says, just trust me. Uh, then we have a very Twilight Edward Cullen moment with... <sighs> And I, or I guess like a Dawson's Creek moment yeah. with Martin uh, climbing up through the window while Cecilia is sleeping and he asks her to like basically blindly follow him somewhere as a surprise. And she's like, why didn't you come in through the door? And he says, because you wouldn't make curfew if you came out with me tonight. Um, so they end up going to a park. Right. And they end up going to a park because Martin's mother is dead. <laughs> I mean, long story short, <laughs> yes. So Martin's uh, mother really loved parks. She, she like every time they go on new base, she'd try to find the nearest park and because it would make her feel like she was at home, and etc. And so after she passed away, Martin made it a point to continue this tradition of finding parks. And we learn that. This was, like, the first park that Martin went to when he moved to Glen Oak. And because we learned his mother... In the last episode, we learned his mother died almost five years ago, so... I think this is the anniversary of her death, that, that day. That, yeah. Um, or, no, it's her birthday. Oh. It's her birthday, because he says he does things that she would have spent the day doing. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and if it was the anniversary of her death... No, I don't right, know. Right, yeah. no, so no, no, so it's, it's supposed to be her birthday, and um, he... It, like, this is the first park he found when he went to Glen Oak because he was really missing his mom then because it was shortly after she died. 
and he, we find out that he volunteered at a soup kitchen in the morning, and that's something that his mother used to do, and that they used to ha- have pick every Sunday or whatever. Him and his family would have picnic lunches um, in the park, and even when his mom got sick, they kept that up. Um, so that's that. It's very important that he told Cecilia because he's never told anybody else before. And the reason he's telling her is because he loves her. Yeah. And I know that... I can root for this couple yes, now. I can. I can. Because I, I, I felt bad for Cecilia with when the way things ended with Simon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think she probably deserved better because she was there the whole summer when Simon was, like, mourning um, what he had done and the kind loss of... loss of his innocence. Yeah, coming to terms with... The car accident situation. So I feel like Cecilia was like really faithful and loyal during that time period, and she deserved better than Simon just like being like, "Well, screw you! I need to do what's best." Well, I mean, I do agree with the sentiment that when you're like seventeen, eighteen, you shouldn't be doing things. Yeah, like, right. Shouldn't be sacrificing like or making life decisions for a significant other. Mm-hmm. But he kind of just left her, um, and just left her and forgot about her. Yeah, Cecilia's a used her, good girl used her and abused her. Um, I just want to say that I think one of Seventh Heaven's problems, uh, and it has many, is its inability to get you to root for characters or root for relationships. They kind of, they make things go very quickly. There's no build-up. I think the only time we got real build-up to a relationship was Robbie and Mary, but that one never got to, like, flourish in the way it should have. But, like, we've had very little contact with Cecilia and Martin as a couple, and then to have a declaration like an I love you, it doesn't hit or impact as hard as it should have for like an audience member that may have been rooting for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like and I feel like this is a problem we have with every relationship in this in the show. I mean, you had like another relationship we're going to talk about in a bit is Sarah and Matt and their entire relationship happens in one episode and they get married. And I mean, I like them now, but like how are we supposed to root for that? The same with Kevin and Lucy, that kind of thing was set like in stone from the beginning. If you have some sort of, like, I think maybe you could say something like Mary and, um, what was Kevin's brother's name? Ben. (laughs) Ben. His real name is George. George is uh, Kevin's real name. Yeah. Uh, Ben, like, there was maybe some buildup there. But I I really wish that they did, they, they showed relationships better on this show. It's probably one of their weakest points when it's something that, like, the show revolves around. But I th- at this point, I see we've seen enough of Cecilia and Martin on their own. Right, right. That seeing them together doesn't, it's not weird, and it's not, like, I, I don't know. No, I, I like them. I just, like, feel like it could have been a better, it, it, the moment could have been more Yeah. for us as viewers. Um, there are, there's one last storyline in this episode which kind of encompasses, every, like, the whole thing, like, the whole shebang (laughs) um so we mentioned earlier in the cold open that matt is coming back for a special reason to see ruthie uh this uh, matt's trying to be secretive about it he says he's going to stay with the glasses uh and he's going to get ruthie from the corner of the camden house so nobody sees him and then he's going to do the special thing with ruthie and then he's going to fly back to new york um this obviously because it's seventh heaven doesn't go as planned and lucy sees him and then she gets caught speeding by Kevin because she has to speed home and tell the Camdens. Um, I don't know why. This made me un- not uncomfortable, but... Um, th- not happy. Yeah, so 
Kevin is like, I'm just going to give her a warning. And she explains, well, I just saw Matt and I need to get home and I need to tell the family because this is a big deal. Why didn't Matt tell anyone that he was coming? So um, when that happens, um, Roxanne is like, follow me. And she jumps in the police car and puts like the lights and sirens on Mm -hmm. and leads Lucy home um, with reckless regard, no, like reckless disregard for traffic laws. I mean, it's and the just, use of her police power. Right, exactly. It's such a waste of police power. And also, like, a very bad thing to put on the show. <laughs> like, right. I mean, they show they do such a poor job of showing any police work as it is. And <laughs> now, like, this. Um, so Lucy runs home, tells the Camerons, and we kind of have this scene of the Camerons trying to figure out, and Lucy trying to figure out why Matt's there and what's going on in his life. Has he dropped out of med school? Have him and Sarah divorced? Are, is it both of those things happening? And they all make a pact to not say anything. This, of course, doesn't happen. Uh, in the very next scene, we have Lucy calling Rabbi Glass, Matt, oh, I'm sorry, uh, the Rev calling Rosiana, and Rosina. Rosina. I always say her name wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> when you remember it. <laughs> That's true. And You're like it starts with an R. And Annie calling Debbie Mazar. 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 Um so yeah, these are this is stupid, except like Debbie Mazar like obviously Matt and Sarah for I think both personal and professional reasons didn't tell anyone at the hospital or at med school that they're married. Um, and Annie lets that slip, and Debbie Mazar is like, oh, ho, ho, that makes sense now, or something. I made that up. She didn't say any of that. Um, but, and then, like, I don't know, they leave, like, the Lucy and the Rev leave, like, desperate voicemails where they ramble on and on about um, if they've talked to Matt or Sarah and, like, things of that nature. Um, so this kind of comes to a head where... Uh, all three of these meddling Camdens reveal what they've done, and Lucy and the Rev decide that they need to go to the glass house and speak to the glasses themselves. So they speed off. In the meantime, we have we find out basically why Ruthie and Matt are celebrating this special day. It is indeed Matt's actual wedding anniversary to Sarah, and he won't really reveal why he's spending it with Sarah, but he does say that Ruthie played a very important part in this, so he wanted to make sure that she was included. And they go out on a movie and dinner, and it's very sweet. I always... There's a special place in my heart for, uh, like, certain sibling relationships in Seventh... And, like, the Camden family. Like, I really like Matt and Ruthie's relationship because I think because of that massive age gap. I also really like Mary and Ruthie's relationship because it's so complicated. So I like seeing this, like, portrayed on screen still. Um... Ruthie comes home. Oh, well, like, the glasses basically say to the Rev and Lucy that they can't say anything, but here, have some kugel and coffee. Um, and that's, I mean... Ruthie comes home. Well, first, they get caught because Peter and Chandler come over to the Cam house, and Ruthie's big lie was that she was going to the movies with Peter, um, and when Peter comes over without Ruthie, the family's like, wait, aren't you supposed to be at the movies with Ruthie? So they're like, of course Ruthie's out with Matt. Like, that's the big secret. Um, oh. And Ruthie is basically kind of their middleman and says, he's still in med school. I don't know what's going on with Sarah, but uh, you don't have to worry. Yeah. And that's it. That's that. Yeah. Uh, so ratings. Um... I 
this made me, um, I'm going to give this, like, what did I give the last one, a three? Yeah. I'm going to give this a 3.5 because I will say it made me um, feel invested in Martin and Cecilia's relationship more than anything else, like, in terms of ways I felt and impact it has for me going forward and looking at the show. So it got me a little bit more invested in the Martin Cecilia storyline and... I don't know. The rest of it was, like, the same bullshit. Um, I'm... Well, I, I give the last one a two, so now we're steadily up to a three for me for this episode, um, mostly purely because of Matt and Ruthie stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that's good sibling relationship building, too. I will say that I do appreciate in this episode that the Camdens are being put into their... in place. into In, in, in place. Um, because... They're being told, like, this is his life, and this is Sarah and Matt's life, and you, like, you can't interfere uh, and let them come to you and stuff. And I think this is something that's really important with this family. Boundaries. Uh, boundaries, yeah, exactly. They don't have them. Yes. I also really did, I mean, I think it's ridiculous that this happened, but I also really appreciated Kevin giving Lucy a warning. <laughs> I also think it's ridiculous that Matt came home just to have, like, dinner with Ruthie on his anniversary. Like, He's in med school. Right. He, he does not have an income. And he does not have time to be doing this. He should be studying. Or, like, working on his marriage. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, if you want to see what Barry Watson is doing with his hair recently, um, you can check us out. <laughs> Plot twist. It's not washing it. <laughs> yeah. um, you can check us out on our social media where we post screenshots of the episodes that we discuss. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Our handles are at Camden Cast Show. Otherwise, we're on Facebook.com slash Camden Cast. You can listen to us with new episodes on Wednesday and Saturday or any episode ever, any time of the day, um, through the Apple iTunes podcast app, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com. Com slash Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Aaron. This is Camden Cast. <laughs>